welcome to the space where creators have aligned a positive and intellectual collab of open minds. For sharing and learning from one another, it's a vibe. We give us a podcast on the mic. Subscribe, educators, spitting bars. I guess you didn't know I'm multifaceted and humble, taking off life goals. The classroom is my comfort zone where I plant and sow. Seeds of knowledge, compassion, empathy, and hope. Reading is the key to unlocking your potential. Countless benefits, including cognitive and mental. Regardless of the genre, books are highly influential. Go get yours, I'll get mine. Make you strive. Monumental. Come rock with me and get down to this new jam. I had a very simple plan Educate the masses Through books and life lessons It's the Grand Slam I'm out Tala Falava And welcome to the Reads with Russell podcast If you can't tell already fam I am so excited for today's show I am joined by a hardworking, resilient and God-fearing woman She is a mother of four and a practicing lawyer I've always known her to be doing something related to singing And I am so excited that she is here to share her journey It is such an honor to welcome to the show Kitty Opetea Thank you sis so good to be on here thanks for the invitation i feel really humbled and honored to like be part of this because i've seen the people that you've had and they're just of like a high caliber so really humbled and real honored to like be invited to be a part of this thank you Yes, welcome to the Reads of Rosta podcast family. Like I said, I'm so excited to have you here, sis. I mean, I know at the beginning I reached out to you and you were kind of like, do I? Do you really think I can bring something to the show? I was like, excuse you, of course. I'm so intentional with the people I bring on the show. And as you said, there have been just so many amazing, inspirational folks that I've I mean, it's been such a blessing to cross paths with and just mm -hmm. to ask, you know, invite them to the show to share space because honestly, sis, everyone has a story, everyone has a journey and I'm excited to share the space with you today. Before we get into it, before we get into our no, I like to ask our guests just, you know, for a brief intro, uh, perhaps shout out your villages and your community. Uh, go ahead. All right. Um, okay, so... My name is Kitty Opitaya and I'm currently living in Tokoroa. I'm a mother of four kids. Um, my parents hail from the villages of Saatalo and Siunyu and Falialili. Yeah, like mainly those two. Um, and I work based in Wellington. Um, so at the moment, I've got like this situation where I get to work from home from Tokoroa and travel between the Wellington and Auckland offices which is a blessing in disguise and no, it's, it's a blessing, not a blessing in disguise. It's a blessing um, that they're able to provide that flexibility. So the job is a blessing that I can do that. Um, yeah. Like I said, I've got four kids. I've been a single mom for <clears throat> um, over 15 years, but um, yeah, it's been a journey and um I'm grateful for all the learnings that have happened along that period. Still learning, even though three of them are now young adults. But the learning does doesn't ever stop. It's it just transitions to another phase or another level up. Mm. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you for that. I have a lot of questions. I yeah, it's such a blessing to cross paths again, to reconnect. Um Man, 
<laughs> Where do we begin? Um, I guess if you were to describe yourself as a mom, uh, in a few words, how would you do that? Could you do that? As a mom, mm, am I? I don't know. Like, I think um, as a mom, I feel like I'm very critical of like how I parent. Um, and is it is it the thought of like not doing as good as like the way that I was parented or not providing as much, not being in a situation because it's very different. Like I was parented by two parents. And so the situation is, uh, yeah, definitely very different as a single parent. You're trying to kind of emulate the things that you had learned, but then how do you do that as a single parent? Um, um, I think I've had to learn um, Humility, like humility doesn't come easy for me, if I'm being honest. Like I know that like a lot of our people are humble and that we speak from that place, but um maybe I was I don't I was like raised pretty spoiled and so like I was used to kind of like having my own way. As a parent, you're always having to face some hard truths and it's not necessarily what your kids are going through, but like just having to reflect all the time so that you're able to be a better person to parent mm -hmm. your kids. So, yeah. So then let's switch it up a bit and say, let's put on your lawyer hat. How would you describe yourself? Mm, as a lawyer, um, I always have to, like, go back to, like, my why. So when I started out, I was working as a court registry officer in the courts and I've seen a lot of people come through, sign their papers, and then, I'm not I'm not their lawyer, but that asked me like also what happened. And this is after they've gone through the process of being sentenced. So that kind of struck me. Um, and sometimes when you're in court and you're listening, I think that most of the time Pacifica are in a better position to be able to articulate the things that go on for Pacifica people um, that were in a better position to like understand and at least communicate that better for ones who speak English as their second language. Um, so yeah, I had previously worked as a criminal defense lawyer because you know a lot of our people go through the system. Um, and I don't know, like for me, I'm mindful of like the backgrounds that a lot of these people come from and it's not necessarily their fault. It just when I look at them, I think like, you know, if I'd been in the same situation, you know, I could have made the decision to do the same thing. And if I come from that place, then you're, well, I hope that you're less likely to be judgmental and that you're really there to want to help. Um, so now where I am, at, I work as a prosecutor, but we go after, we prosecute businesses and employers where how people are likely to be the victims in those situations. So, like, I didn't want to become a prosecutor for the police because it just conflicted with um, my values or, like, my views in terms of, like, seeing a lot of our people go through the system. And I didn't want to be a part of that because I 
don't feel that that's necessarily the answer or the way to kind of help our people out of that, um, just out of their predicament or out of their circumstances. I think that there are alternatives that need to be explored for our people that might, um, we, we just have a different mindset for, from the uh, non-Pacifica, I'll just say non-Pacifica people. The Western um, way yeah, of yeah, like yeah. Western mindset or constructs yeah. or systems yeah. that are in place. Like, And so if we don't have like that collective support around them, then you're, you're definitely, I feel, on my view, less likely to succeed if you're, if you're isolated from that collective unit that other people can have the benefit of doing or, or experiencing. Um, you know, like, I, I just don't feel like we're really made to navigate those situations on our own. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, mm -hmm. that's, that's my view. So, yeah, that's me as a lawyer. Do I necessarily feel like I'm always challenging myself and always very critical of myself in that area as well? Like, um, I don't ever think that I'll ever get to a point where I feel like I've arrived um, and that, like, I'm a great lawyer. There's just like always so much to learn, always so much to take into account, and um, being wary that like change is continuous. It, it's never like a fixed thing, or it's never stagnant. Um, so, always hopeful for change where change needs to happen. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's the lens that I look through as a lawyer. What was the inspiration there or at least the motivation to go into yeah. studying law? Mm. Um, like I remember the moment too, like I was working, I mean, yeah, that experience as a court registry officer and sometimes seeing some of the lawyers stand up in court thinking like, man, like I, could, I could do that and I could and you're kind of like having to hold back because it's not your place. You're not the lawyer standing up in court. But when the, there are lawyers standing up representing our people and you can hear, you know, some of the things that are said in your mother tongue, like things that are said in Samoan that um, go through the interpreter and then come through a lawyer and it, whatever is being said or like the way that they're advocating is still not capturing you know, what is being said by the, the defendant in court. Um, so there was, at the time that I had, like, uh, decided to pursue a law degree, like, I had already split with my ex-husband at the time, um, and we had four kids together and the kids were with me, and um, it was a massive decision um, he had graduated, like, in the time that we had split, he had got, like, a degree himself or a qualification, and I was just kind of doing the day-to-day, nine-to-five thing, and I realised that at that point, like, I don't, I knew that I'd probably resent, um, resent myself, resent the decision of not stepping out if I stayed in that position for like it, it wasn't something that I wanted to do in five years time or in 10 years time and then I thought about the message that I was sending to my kids if I chose to be if I just chose to settle and um 
I didn't want that for my kids. I don't ever want them to feel like that they have to settle just because it's comfortable. Um, so yeah, in 2011, I decided to enroll into a law um, program at Waikato. Um, and yeah, uh, we relocated from Puriroa to Tokoro at the time, and then Hamilton um, when I started out. Um, I also remembered like my dreams that my grandparents had for me. Um, they were the ones that raised me. And, you know, like they had invested a lot of money and time and um, me being like my spoiled and rebellious self, I kind of like made some dumb decisions and um, I thought, you know, if I started on my law degree, then I can kind of progress this path of making it, um, giving back to them. Uh, my mum had already passed away at that time, but I still carry her in my memory and um, my dad was was diagnosed with cancer just before I graduated and um, yeah he was able to see me graduate and then he passed away shortly after but um, yeah um, there's just like so many reasons that went into why I chose law and I remember like halfway through I it's like, oh my gosh, this is so not so not what I want to do. Mm. Um, and I thought, like, you know what? Maybe I want to teach because I would have like my son and his friends over and kind of help them out with homework. But I remember like talking to one of the judges and saying, like, oh, actually, I was. He was like, oh, how, how's law going? How's your studies going? And I was like, yeah, it's all right. But I'm thinking of like changing to teaching. And he's like, nonsense, Kitty. You've come this far. You're you're already halfway finish it off, let your kids see you finish it and then work for two years and then see how you go from there. And then that was all I needed to hear. Mm. So I stuck it out and here I am still practicing. Wow. Like it's over five years later. Mm. Mm. I mean, how did you choose, uh, you know, as you're coming through the program, like now you've, you've you know, you graduated, you're, you're still there. But how like in terms of like choosing that specialist area that you want to be practicing in, like <laughs> has that decision been difficult or is it really, um, you know, decisions that are driven by your values, your fat, your mm -hmm. children, your family, yeah. everyone that's come before you, your community, your church, yeah. like has that had a huge impact on this path that you're taking as a lawyer? Uh, I think, yeah, definitely. Um, if I think, one, like sticking it out, um, that's the message that I definitely want to pass on to my kids, like not leave things half finished, but to stick it out even when it gets tough and studying with, like as a single parent of four kids and trying to manage their timetable as well as my own and working part-time as a cleaner, which was like really humbling as well um yeah it was just I need them to see me finish this complete this so yeah that was like one aspect that I considered um two definitely my parents um I know that they had dreams oh okay hold on. Uh, yeah um I know that they had dreams for me um 
you know, as most parents do, um, that, that the fact that like mum wouldn't have seen me kind of even embark on that journey. But um, I kind of like carry on like she is watching. Um, and then even when dad was still able to see me cross that stage, um, yeah, they factor into my decision as well. Um, my parents here in Tokoroa, like their support um, and my siblings, like their support and even their striving, like I think, I don't know, like I, I just think that like people are watching. You never know what kind of message or you never know what kind of encouragement you might be sending. Like we think we sometimes kind of like get um, limited to our own circle or our own circumstances, but the truth is like other people are watching. Um, so, yeah, like I've been um, not, you know, like just kind of like I've had people like approach me and say, that they have been watching from the sides and that they're really proud of me, which means a lot. Um, having seen the people that came through the system, like my heart goes out to them too. Um, and I always think that that could have been me, knowing that I had made some dumb decisions in my past. Um, I think it's like by the grace of God and also like for the people, like I'm blessed with a massive community, church community, um, my family and there are some out there that don't have that support and you know and even in spite of like some of the dumb decisions that I had made the support still remained you know like this the disappointment was very clearly expressed by these people but you know like the love and the support was still there their presence was still there um you know and I'd seen some people come through the system who families you know you'd hear about um were just quick to turn their backs and so yeah those people kind of like weigh on my mind it's not like a like one aspect there's just like so many things that kind of like feed into why I chose to do what I did um and why I still stick at it and even up till this day there are days where like you think do I still want to be doing this um but, you know, like you have to come back to your why. If you didn't have a solid why in the first place, then it's easy to drift from that. Um, but it's always, I guess you have to kind of ask yourself those questions. Or for me, I have to ask myself those questions because there are days where I really do need to be reminded of my of my why. Um, and I think it's also like a challenge to myself, an encouragement to myself, not just the fact that I, I can do it, but like, the need, the need to do it. And um, if I have the ability to be able to, like, help in a way, then, you know, like, why not? Why not? Mm. Mm. You know, when you think about milestones in your law career, um, is there a milestone or, you know, a professional achievement that you just look at and go, I did that? Not in a, you know, just in, like, I actually did that. You yeah. know, I did that. Yeah. Mm. Uh -huh. I think it's it's dependent on, like, certain people. So it's just, like, mm, maybe, like, a individual experience. Like, 
if you advocate for a better sentencing outcome. Like those are the rewarding parts of the job for me. And I remember when I had first told a couple of lawyers that I was going to go into law, they were like, silly girl, why would you do that? There's no money in criminal defense. And so then, you know, like when I heard that, I remember like studying and thinking like, okay, no, no money. I've got four kids. I really need to kind of like look at the, the areas that would, you know, provide, but that, you know what, like during that process, that's not where my heart lay and um, ended up in criminal defence. And, yeah, it's not like the most high-paying. So, like, when you go into criminal defence, you're definitely not doing it for the money or well, I'm not doing it for the money. It's, it's not the money. That's not the payoff. It's being able to, like, uh, see some change or um, see perspectives challenged, views challenged even having your own views challenged. So I'm um, going into it for like a more collective growth because I know I'm definitely growing from it, having heard from, having heard the experiences of other people. It's humbling. And then I think also like it helps me be a lot more grateful for the things that I do have. You know, it, it just kind of gives that perspective. And then those are the things that I can pass on to my kids, not necessarily like, you know, the circumstances of the defendant, but the lessons that I'm taking on board while I'm doing what I do. Um, so, yeah, in terms of, like, milestones, haven't been looking to, like, kind of uh, achieve a certain thing. It's just, I don't know, I guess, like, internal rewards and then like when I get to go home and then I feel good about what I do or what I've done um and then even like when you're having discussions with your colleagues and then there are some like views that are being challenged even my own views are being challenged so yeah I think like the milestones are just like the growth the growth that's happening if that makes sense mm, it does it does so how do you manage work life and home life like are you someone who can just switch off or yeah. do the demands of your uh career your job kind of like make it challenging mm, um i mean like now my kids are at an age where they can kind of self where they can self-manage do they always do it mm, no. <laughs> but um like i was in court on monday you know, and I've been trying to get in touch with my kids because um, they were in, like, different places, like, no response. And then while I'm in court, one's trying to video call, two are sending text messages. I was just, like, honest to you. So um, managing family, I think communication is key. But honestly, I don't think it would have been a whole lot harder if I didn't have the community and um grateful to God because I really believe that everywhere we go he's orchestrated the right people to be in our community um and I'm very proud in that like I don't like asking for help um and so a lot of the things that we do are kind of like just within our inner circle um but fear of being people that God's really just kind of like either put in our path where either I've had to like humble myself or I've just kind of like stepped in all along the way. 
like since I um, felt that he he kind of put in like it's time to go and study and I remember having that like uh, battle or like that um, dialogue with him about like all the fears and all the insecurities that I needed to deal with to be able to take that step to embark on a law degree. Um, and then even just during, like while parenting and trying to work and progress in the job, yeah, I really, like as, even as a single parent, I just know that I didn't do it on my own. Um, there are things that you kind of go through on your own, but in terms of having come through it, I honestly am grateful for just the people that he placed in our lives at a time. So wherever it was, whether we were in Tokoroa or Hamilton or um, or in Puriroa or in Wellington City, um, yeah, God really just gave us security um, and reassurance by placing the right people to speak into our lives. And I'm very mindful of the people that I surround my kids with i i know that like i'm limited in what i can pass on to my kids um that i have like a limited perspective and there are other people who are gifted and talented at what they are talented or you know like just they have their own respective giftings and talents um that are able to speak into my kids lives or encourage my kids in a way that i can't um, and I think that having that awareness has helped me be a better parent because, I mean, I'm not just relying on my own strength. You're really trusting God to kind of like um, take care of it all. And, um, you know, I'm a massive believer that he worked it all out. My favorite verse is Romans 8 verse 28, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And I know that we each have a purpose um, and we're all still kind of like walking that out. Um, and even in the moments where I don't understand what's going on or like the, um, I was like, how far ahead, like I, I can't see as far as, it, as, far, as far ahead as I'd like to. Um, there is just like uh, trust that I have to like lean on knowing that he is going to take care of it all. And there have been like some real mud moments, um, some breakdown moments. But I think it's in those moments where I really have felt that he has picked me up and um, reassured me that he's got it in control. Oh, so, yeah. Single mom, but didn't do it on my own. That makes sense. I guess if I, if I could capture that part of the journey. Mm. Let's talk about your babies. Your babies are all growing up. Three of them are they young are. adults now. I, I, I know, mm -hmm. like, you're feeling some kind of way about that. Are they still singing? Are they still making music? I mean, it is in their soul, in their blood. I mean, tell me about this. Are they still singing and just blessing crowds with their voices and making music mm, um so on the way here so i was like so i just got off the bus coming from wellington to tokoroa 
And then um, I'd watched our live stream for our Hope Church service in Wellington. Um, so my so my my second uh, child, Tyler, she's part of the worship team. Um, yeah, she is still singing. She does her own music. She might be like putting stuff on TikToks. Tick TikToks. <laughs> TikTok. Um, the eldest one is making his music. Um, and so he had graduated from Toy Fakati. So drama, music, and creative arts is like his passion. So he's looking to kind of do something with his music, but looking to kind of release the songs at a given time. But at this at this time, I think he's just kind of uh, getting input from input input. Um, number three, I don't know that he's like been into. Like he is into music and he can sing. Like they all can sing, but he hasn't really been like um, keen on performing or anything. He just he's the guy that will just say yes if he's invited to like sing along um but he, i don't know whether it's like something on his heart he just kind of prefer, prefers to do it in the privacy of our own home or just like for his own for his own enjoyment but um, he probably won't like me saying this but like zion is always critical of his own ability and i feel like he doesn't always feel that he is at the level of his older two siblings. Like, yeah, they have, like, their little competitions, but um, we're always having to tell him that he's just as good. So, yeah, four kids, four different personalities, all four are amazing at singing, even the youngest one, who also does it for her own enjoyment. Um, yeah, so I think when Akila, like, performed with um, your younger brother or, like, he didn't perform with, but like he got invited to get up on stage and sing that night. So yeah, I was just like, did you get to talk? I was just like, did you get to talk to him? Did you like say hi? <laughs> okay. Like, so yeah, okay. Cool. That's all I wanted to know. <laughs> so, so cool. I mean, you know, as your children um, are getting older and they're, you know, they're achieving their own goals and dreaming, mm -hmm. what kind of emotions are you grappling with as a mother? Mm, um, emotions like I definitely miss um, the five of us being in one space um, and as we're sending text messages to each other like love and miss you miss you heaps um, you know like I'm just reflective on the time that we had you know when we were all together um, I think that along the way I kind of like prepared myself for the moments. Like I, 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 I think I'm just made that way that I always prepare myself for like the worst, the worst feelings. And so, yeah, it is. But I feel like I'm like, I won't say ready. I'm just at least prepared, <laughs> prepared. Um, knowing that like this is what, I was to do. I was to kind of like create a space where they would feel the confidence or have the confidence to chase whatever dreams that they had um, and to know and trust themselves to be able to do it um, and nurture their personalities because they are four different personalities. Um, 
And so, yeah, even today on the bus ride, I was just like reflecting on that. And, you know, like if I'm proud of anything, um, yeah, I'm proud of anything. Like I'm really proud of my kids um, and the people that they are. Um, mm, yeah. So, um, yeah, feeling a lot of emotions. I'm, I always choose to be excited for what's to come and what's in store for them. Um, I guess that's probably like the main emotion that I sit on. Yeah, there's like a yearning and a longing to like see them all the time. But, you know, like even as I didn't remain with my parents when I got into like young adulthood, um, you know, that time is now mine. And so I think like for parents with young kids, um, don't get caught up in the busyness of the nine to five. Mm. Enjoy the moments, even if it just looks like sitting in the lounge, watching TV together, like, cause those are our memories. And those are the things that we have a laugh about. We would often travel in the car between Tokoro and Wellington or Auckland and Wellington. And so, yeah, like all the memories that we have together are memories that we laugh about. Um, so, yeah, I guess that would be my encouragement because then when it comes to the time that it's for them to transition out of home, you know, you know that like you've, you've spent the time, like you've spent the time very well with the kids while they were in your care. So, I'm at peace, I should say. Yeah, I am at peace. It's interesting. I mean, whenever the opportunity comes up, yep, yeah, if ever like an opportunity comes up to be together, then I'm like, so there. <laughs> You're like, I'm there <laughs> now, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting to hear you talk about, you know, the trip. Um, because as you mentioned, you know, traveling between Tokoroa and uh, Wellington, I'm just thinking, oh, road trips, lots of singing in the car. I mean, legit, am I legit. imagining that or is that really how it was? <laughs> that it was, was. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. And you know what? Like, I would, so like the rides would like start out with like singing along to like a CD or something. And because, like, we only had, like, a couple of CDs on repeat. Mm. But, like, I remember it would start off with me going, like, you're flat, you're flat, you're flat. <laughs> and now, now, now it's them going, like, no, like, no. <laughs> They're like, and yeah, then they do the run that I can't do, and I'm just like, Ugh. okay. Tell us about your name. Uh, you know, for those who are curious, where does your name come from? I actually watched a video where you were talking about this. <laughs> wow. <laughs> My God. Yeah, thanks for the question. Um, so, uh, um, so my grandparents, they, they're the ones that named me and they, um, yeah, they didn't have any kids at home. So they just had this pet cat that they named Kitty and that Kitty was a, their baby, like the baby that would like go everywhere with them, sleep with them. And so then when I came along, like the light bulb moment was just like, oh, kitty. Just <laughs> name of a kitty. So, yeah, when people ask me, like, is it short for anything? I'm like, no. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. 
did kids give you a hard did, you know at school did kids give you a hard time like not to bring back any scarring moments as a youngster but were kids like man did they have jokes or were they like yeah they had jokes time? especially this one kid that lived on my street <laughs> like but every time and like people would just come up with like different variants of my name so it wasn't just here kitty kitty it was like Nits, nits. <laughs> and so then this kid, this one guy that lived on my street, and then we ended up at school together that was like up the road. And then when I changed schools, I felt like sweet, I'm not gonna see that that boy anymore. And then like we I changed schools in like another suburb over, and then he was there, and I was like, I can't get away from you. <laughs> I can't get away from you. But every time he would see me, he'd just always like, I was just like, Yeah, so. No, yeah, heaps of people came up with like different variants of my names. Oh, I'm not even going to say what the others were. <laughs> Did any of your but, siblings um, like name like middle name for their children? Like, were you? Is there another kitty out there, or you that you? It's very unique. The only one. And there can only be one. <laughs> the OG, the original. <laughs> yeah, there can only be one. I can't even picture like I can't even imagine that my kids will probably name their. <laughs> Their child kitty, I'm just like, it's okay. I won't be offended. I'm not offended if no one names their kids after me. It's all right. Um, in we, the trauma, so. I was wondering if you were much of a reader um, growing up because I imagine in your field of work, okay, maybe I'm making assumptions that a lot of reading, you got to read a lot. Like, yeah. am I assuming things here? Like, were you much of a reader? Or is it now yeah. you're in a job where you've got to read? <laughs> no, we have to read a lot. There's like a lot of cases. And so especially now that I've like transitioned from um, criminal defense into prosecuting for the organization that I do, um, it's just, you know, we have a different act. And so there's different cases that I have to get familiar with. And you know what, like for me to switch off, it's I just like will sit and watch what my kids watch on TV, but um I find that my you know, like I'm wanting something to like stimulate my brain that's not work related or that's not in Korean <laughs> in Korean when I'm watching K drama <laughs> with my kids, my girls I should say. Or um like the music that they're into. Um so I use the Audible app. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. So, like, when I'm in the car on my own, then that's the way that, like, I get through a book. I wouldn't say read, but that's the way that I'm able to, like, visualise um, reading material. Mm. So that's my, that's one of my outlets. Yeah. I love that. I'm a huge advocate for audiobooks. I love audiobooks. And I just think that, like, sometimes I'll be cleaning and I'm just, I'm just listening to, uh -huh. like, I'm only recently, I'm starting to like read physical books. I'm a huge like audiobook and ebook reader just because I commute to work. So yeah. um, now I'm slowly getting back into the physical. I know people say, <laughs> I've had people on the show, they're like, it's the feel of the book. It's, and I'm just like, yeah, but you know, I'm always like rushing to get somewhere. I'm mm -hmm. commuting and like holding. I mean, I see people who hold books. Lots of people read on the trains here in Japan. But they're like little books, and then I'm coming with my massive ass novel. This <laughs> book, like no, that is no, not no. it. Like, but audiobooks, I love that you do that, and yeah, I'm always recommending to people. People will be like, oh, I don't have time, and I'm like, oh, audiobook, man, that is yeah, it's such a good investment. Audible, 
you know, or there are other apps, you know, that you can get, uh, you know, audiobooks on. So I'm yeah. so happy to hear that. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I want to talk about uh, Signature Choir and, you know, you were, you're part of this movement. I mean, you're part of this project. Um, I was so gutted that I could not be there to watch it. I mean, mm -hmm. I know I'm just watching it through my brother's stories. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Tell us about your journey with or just, you know, being part of Signature Choir, uh, performing with the New Zealand Symphony Orchestra. I mean, how amazing is that? The music was beautiful. Yeah, as as a member like of Signature Choir, like um so it came at like a perfect time for me, like because like it was just work and then family and um I really needed something for me. And when I got invited by Helen to to be part of um Signature Choir, and she's like the amazing conductor mm. and composer for Signature Choir, along with Jed. But like, it's something that she's like known for um, and so gifted at. Um, so yeah, when I got to got invited to be a part of it, um, it allowed me one to kind of expand the community. Like I got to meet other people because we we'd moved into the Wellington area and we only knew like um, the communities at church or like at work. So those are the only people that we knew. Everyone that we're used to live in either Wellington or Auckland. Um, and so when I joined up with Signature Choir, um, yeah, met more people who have like the same passion for music. And then, um, oh, just surrounded by like amazing singers. Like you think, you think like, oh yeah, like maybe like there's like a few good singers, like everyone in that choir can sing. Everyone in that choir has like an amazing voice. Um, everyone in that choir has got an amazing ear. Mm. So it's like, there's like a high caliber of like talent and giftings in, in the choir itself. Um, and then being part of Signature Choir and then sharing the vision that Helen and Gad and Donna had for the choir was, like, they shared it in a way that we were able to capture it. Um, the first choir, the first concert in Wellington was amazing. Um, I think at that time, my two boys were living with me and my two girls had gone to live with their dad. Um, but just seeing the reaction, like it was something that was like massively for our people. And then it was an opportunity for our older folk to, you know, listen to the orchestra. Cause, and the other thing was like, they kept the prices low. Cause like, I mean, for the price that it should have been, you probably only have like one or two from a someone or like, you know, any Pacifica family, but like Pacifica families like aren't small they're not like the western families where they're like maybe like two or four and so they priced it so you know like you could have like your whole family attend and i think it was like organized that way for the spark arena concert um it's just like it's it's not like a hmm, 
how do I say it? like a lot of work went into it and being a part of like just the general choir like I already knew that there was like a lot of work that we were putting into it but then like like when you're thinking about the work that we're putting into it then you definitely know that there's like amazing work going into it um with Helen and Jed who are teaching all the all the music all the songs and Helen doesn't just stop there like she goes into the background of each song explaining it to us so that we kind of capture the essence of the song um and so it's not just singing it's like you're 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 retelling the story um you're making it your own like and knowing that it's like a shared um I I, I don't know like uh, I don't I don't know if like how to I might just like need a pause because I'm trying to think of like a way the best way to like um communicate what that was like I mean some of the songs that we sing we know the words and then we sing it like cool but until you know like the meaning and the essence behind the song it just kind of hits you different so that you're able to like express it or sing it out different um and knowing that you're never going to be able to like connect as well with the audience unless you've made a connection to that song. Um, so Helen did a, like a fantastic job in enabling us to be able to do that with each of the songs in the repertoire. Um, yeah. And it just, just being able to like extend family, like after the first concert, I always want those shared experience. Like I always want like these positive experiences to be shared with my kids. And so um for the before the second before the second concert, I'd encourage my daughter to join. And she wasn't keen because she's not one to like step out of her comfort zone. But um she joined and she loved it. And she I love being able to see her make her own connections with the signature choir family. So yeah, it's never it's never just like for one reason why I do things. There's there's like layers to why I might get involved, and it won't necessarily just be for me. Um, so having my family attend the Spark Arena concert, they were blown away. And my dad, who um, so there's my when I talk about my dad, there's like the dad who raised me, my granddad, who will always be my dad, and then there's my dad. Here in um and so yeah he you know concerts aren't his thing this was his first concert ever and so it was his first opportunity to one hear the orchestra on their own and then hear the music and um he was blown away like my brother said that he was crying in the seats and he couldn't keep going on like it's not for him to keep going on about something but my family all talked about like how he just kind of went on and on and on about it and was trying to encourage my mom to like try and make the next one if there was a next one. Yeah, so um, multi-layered as to like the reasons why I love being part of Signature Choir. Mm. Yeah. What type of music moves your soul? Mm. What type of music moves my soul? The ones that tell the story, the ones that really encourage you to kind of like come out of your pit. And so um, 
Yeah. Like, yeah, I hope I'm not like, I hope it's not like a theme where I'm like talking about like coming out of the pit, but like, it's just, um, so yeah, it often happens like with gospel music. Um, there is an element of it that like you're not relying on your own strength but like God's aware of like your circumstances um there's ones where that are just like relevant for the moment um <clears throat> where like uh, there's another song encourage yourself and that was a timely song when I was listening to it because it was a time where I um I was in a place where I really did need to encourage myself. I was relying on people to minister to me and I really felt God was saying, I've given you the tools and you're relying on these people, but, you know, you actually have direct access to me. And because you have direct access to me, you can come to me. You've got my word right in front of you. Like you're able to encourage yourself. I don't know why you're relying on these people. And it was at a, it was at a time when I was complaining about like, you know, the minister, um, speaking in the pulpit, and I was like, I got nothing from that. I got nothing from that, Papa. And he's just like, you can encourage yourself. You've got the tools. I've given you the tools, and I'm also here. So it's, it's, it's when I'm moved, it's like when I hear a song that's like relevant for me at that moment. Um, that other song, Psalms 121, I will lift up my eyes um, to the hills from whence cometh my help. So all the songs that, like, have encouraged me at a certain time or a place or, or across, across a period of time, those are the songs that I've taught to my kids and those are the songs that they'll often sing. And so I think those are the ones that were probably recorded and uploaded to, like, their YouTube video, but, like, they'll go to the, I think there's, like, a solid... So like maybe like four or five songs that they'll like always repeat because if they've spoken to me at a time, if they've spoken to them at a time, I just feel like those songs and the lyrics are timeless, that they're always going to connect with someone wherever it is that they're at, um, regardless of the period in between the time that they've sung the songs, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, mm. <laughs> I wanted to uh, thank you for sharing. You're doing a great job, by the way. I wanted to ask about um, affiliate marketing. Uh, mm. I know that's now part of, that's also another chapter in your journey. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about it? You know, there might be people listening who might yeah. want to reach out, who might be curious, if that's okay, cool, if cool, you cool. can share on that. Yeah. Um, so, affiliate marketing, like, I, hadn't like I didn't know anything about it or um I'd seen one of my friends post on Instagram about you know affiliate marketing and it was just like about products and then you know it was um her approach was you know use this link for a discount and I was just like oh, okay cool um thought about like what that might be like but I was just like mm no, that's not for me. I'm not looking for discounts. Um, but with with 
a couple of friends that I'd started to see online. Um, one I went to high school with and the other one I knew in high school. Um, they were posting about like just being able to get like an extra extra source of income and like as a single parent and even though I was like working as a lawyer and had reached um, like not yeah because I thought that like once I'd reached six figures I'd be set you know but um, with the household bills with the five of us like it was still tight and it, when I thought about it, like it's still less than a two-parent household um, while the kids were going through school. So um, like I kind of, I guess, wanted to apply like what my parents, because they never wanted me to work. They just were the ones to provide so that I could focus in school. And I kind of wanted that for my kids with, they could just focus at school um and you know i was just like looking at another source of income so with the affiliate marketing thing i'd seen that these two friends um one had been made redundant during the whole covid restriction period and one was able to choose to retire from her job which, you know, like when you see that those are significant changes and how they're going to like, um, I guess, progress from them, from there, you know, it just is going to like uh, spike my curiosity. And so I just kind of like watched their journey for a bit and having seen them continue to do well and they still do well because I work with them now. Um, yeah, that, it just provided a massive opportunity. Um, and it's not just something that you're kind of like tugging at on your own. There's like a community of people and it's definitely results motivated. So it's it's probably not something that I had um, looked at going into, but because of the results and because I had seen the results for people that I trusted, then that was probably, yeah. That was, I guess, what made me inquire, make inquiries. Um, and then now seeing like other people who are in it and are doing really well. Um, yeah, again, like I said, like it's like results motivated. Um, what else do I say about that? But that is, that is the reason why I'm coming into coming to Japan. Like the conference is related to affiliate marketing. Um, yeah. If there's someone uh, watching, listening, uh, they might be interested, is there some kind of website that they can go to, you know, if, the, if it's piquing their curiosity? Mm. Like so each of us kind of like, there's like a massive as compensation uh, plan that is probably also like the appeal, like it provided like the attraction and the appeal for me. And I'm very skeptical about these things when it, you know, or seen a lot of like plans that kind of like say oh you can do this you can make this um and so yeah i'll definitely send the link um or even get in touch i guess personally yep. you can like ask me personally and i can i can help you out that's awesome if you are listening if you're tuning in fam uh 
you know, on the podcast platforms on YouTube, click the link in the bio, the links in the bio, you can connect with Kitty, you can um, check out the website, she's going to provide the goods for us, so if you are curious, if you're kind of sitting there going, hmm, could this be for me, definitely check it out and connect, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wish I'd known about it while I was in university, like mm. I definitely feel like it would have, had I started then and had I known about it then, it definitely would have alleviated a lot of financial concerns that kind of like still existed even while I was working the nine to five. Mm. Um, even now while I'm still working the nine to five, like I'm reliant on this to kind of uh, supplement the income so that I can kind of achieve some goals because, um, yeah, the six-figure thing it just isn't quite cutting it, isn't quite hitting the mark. And so, yeah. I'm having to kind of like find another source of income so that I can operate like a two-parent household, if that makes sense. Mm -mm. Nice, nice. Um, in reflection, like, um, you know, this journey, life journey, are you content with, with where you are currently? Like right now, you know, are you happy? Mm -hmm. Are you good? Are you content? Are you still trying to figure things out? Are you still, I don't know. Yeah, 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 I tell you, like, I think that there's, like, a level of contentment that, um, you know, like, never being, not being dissatisfied with what you have. So, yeah, I'm content with what I have, but there's, I don't ever want to kind of um, reach a point where I'm, feeling complacent that I'm just not growing or not learning or not stretching myself. Because, um, again, like, when I do those things, I don't think that they just benefit me. I think that in me doing that, it benefits my kids who are watching and it also benefits others who are watching um, in that the things and the steps that we take are going to provide an encouragement to someone else, regardless of what it looks like. When you're stepping out of your comfort zone, even at 40, I'm 45, like even at 45, that like you never reach a point where I'm good. Like there, I am good. I am content. I am happy. Um, but, the one person that I like that comes to mind, um, you know, we've lost a massive giant who in the community and not just in the Otara community, but in the Pacifica community and the way that he served and the way that he served right up till his last moments and that was Banana Episo Collins. Um, I think that just like his life of service should be a massive encouragement like there was no you know like it, he kept going um and so I think that like that is also an encouragement to us like it's not the like what else can we do what else can we do but like more like is there something else that we could do um and with the times changing like you know the things that applied back in the day 10 years ago uh, aren't applicable anymore technology 
Facebook, social media, all these other things, like um, if we're not learning and trying to keep up the time, then we need to be mindful of being open to that so that we're able to uh, communicate better to the younger ones that we're trying to influence and communicate better to our people who might be utilising these services. So, yeah, while I'm good, um, I'm not I'm not settled, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-mm. Makes sense. Um, makes sense. It makes sense. I, I hear you. I hear you. Um, self-care, you know, your favourite thing to do, outside of work, outside, uh, just for you. Now, I know, I know there's never just a for you because mm-hmm. you're not that type of person. You're very selfless and caring and loving and just, you know. But if there, are, what are some things that you enjoy doing? Um, you know, you, you've got your audiobooks and you I don't know, downtime, downtime for you. Like, what do you like to do? What the, so I have two um, bulldogs mm. that just bring out, like, just a different side of me. Um, yeah, there's time with them. Um, downtime for me, what does that look like? Mm, I guess just, like, I, I, I really do love, now that I know that, like, my kids have kind of, like, are doing their own thing, um, downtime for me is just sitting in their company and watching them do their thing um, and being with family because having gone through a period where I didn't really have that around, like I, I enjoy those moments. And so if ever I'm able to get that, then I'm definitely, that that's like a cup filling. So I look, I guess downtime is looking for the things that like really fill my cup and it's being around the people that I trust to speak into my life um, like I have been just this past week with really close friends in Porirua. Um, and then also, yeah, with my family. So, yeah, just finding the cup-filling moments is my source of downtime. Um, time alone with him, when, when I say him, I mean God. I, I, yeah, I was like, yeah. But, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know you're talking about God. What are you talking about? Yeah, just checking, just checking in. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah so time alone with God is another cut filling moment Um, but like yeah so when I'm at my parents house I've got like a pool um, and that's time where I can kind of like reflect your lips Um, yeah and if anyone can like recommend a good massage therapist I do I have found one who operates in Auckland but if you're around down in Wellington or in Waikato yeah, I'm just like, that would be like probably the one thing that I would look to doing a little bit more often is just like having those moments where I can just rub all the the yuck out. Because there are yuck days like and yuck moments that I just kind of like physically need to be like rubbed out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's normal. So, you know, I know we got listeners, followers from – Wally ways, like if you're out there, if you know anyone, uh, hook it up. I mean, sorry, like massage therapist. Yeah, I'm talking about 
I'm like, what are you talking about, Kitty? Okay. Uh, <laughs> book recommendations. Uh, what's, yeah, what's a book recommendation that you're like, this is it. This is the one book you've got to listen to or read. Yeah, uh, yeah, any yeah, book yeah. recommendations for us? Um, I saw that you had like, like a few people had recommended The Alchemist, which oh, yes. was a great recommend. Yeah. Okay. Um, the other book that really kind of like, and I know that I need to read it. It's like one of those ones where I want to read again because um, there were some good nuggets, but it's called Holier Than Thou um, and that's by Jackie Hill Perry. Um, and I think it was just like for me, just some um, truths that kind of like help shift my perspective um, about God. Um, and his love for me and also just, you know, just like what my faith looks like, um, in today's world. And, um, yeah, it was just some good challenging moments for me. So that is definitely a book that I need to read or listen to again, because I don't think that one time is enough. I really think that like, it's a book that you kind of like need to read a bit and then sit on it for a bit like not just kind of read from cover to cover straight through um but yeah that's a that's a recommend i would recommend that book because it got me good what some encouragement that you might have for single moms who are just out there trying to um i don't know trying to trying to go into studying trying to get a career what would you say to them I definitely say, like, do it. Um, I think, like, you know, it's, it's easier said than done because there's, like, you, like with everything, you're always having to count the cost before you kind of put your hand to something. Um, but I think that you really need to remember your why. Like, why do you want to? Why do you want to do this? And um, if some people operate different and that they need to kind of write out the pros and cons. But sometimes like the cons might outweigh the pros, but it might be something that you're actually called to do. And so if you really feel like you're called to do something, then, you know, like the, the list doesn't, the list doesn't matter. Um, it's, I guess, well, for me, it's the relationship and the trust that you have in God that, whatever it goes, whatever you go through, he'll carry you through it. And then there are, I don't know if you like to, but like, I remember like there was like a shit day, right? Um, that I found myself, like I'd, I'd broken down in the shower, like I couldn't stop crying. And I remember crying out to him and um, like I had felt that he had, put on a song in my heart at the time when, you know, he was teaching me to encourage myself. Um, and that song, like, got recorded. Um, we'd, like, I, I just kind of taught it to, like, our worship team at the time. Um, and it became, like, one of the songs on the album. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I got, like, a lot of feedback in that. Like, it had helped other people in their journey, like, uh, processing grief or processing uh, time that they had gone through. And so it just goes back to the thing where, like, the things that we go through are never just for us. 
like it's always gonna be a lesson in it for for someone else you the things that you carry are of value to many more people outside of yourself um but no one's going to ever know that value unless you choose to go through it mm. um but yeah uh count the cost and if you really feel like you're called to do it and if it's something that is in your heart um then trust it trust that everything is going to work out and if you ever need some encouragement or reassurance like please feel free because those are the things that i'm passionate about too so yeah you can always reach out and i'm happy to like walk alongside or talk through things like that because yeah i've been through some like mud as moments like worse than mud there's like there's like a more appropriate word rather than just mud but um yeah i hope that like um yeah i just i just hope that people kind of like are willing to take the risk and step out in faith mm. <laughs> uh, what are you looking forward to 2024 we are in february february is coming to a close actually uh 2024 uh the rest of the year are you looking forward to anything uh, in well, particular? To japan is one thing um, and then working towards goals to, yeah, just achieving some of the goals that I have, like, in my list that have been there for a while. So that's my plan of attack this year um, and seeing these things come to fruition. Mm. Mm. Nice, nice. Um, you know, as we uh, look to close up the podcast, uh, to close our show, I have to say just a huge thank you as I mentioned in the beginning, you were really kind of like questioning, am I really going to, uh, what can I bring to the show? You know, you were questioning that. What can I bring to the show? And I was just like, trust me, your story will resonate. Your trials and your challenges and things, your experiences, you know, like they will resonate with someone who is watching and someone who is listening. So I really just wanted to say, uh, in case I break down, so I'm going to keep it short. <laughs> I just want to say sis, thank you so much for coming on the show, for uh, being courageous and strong and brave to come into the space. Uh, it's never easy. You know, I've had just so many wonderful uh, folks come on the show, inspirational. Um, everyone has a journey. Everyone mm. has walked the path, is still, you know, walking that path and, um, yeah, thank you for the inspiration and the encouragement today. Like, I'm really feeling some kind of way, and it's just such a blessing to be able to reconnect and cross paths again. Um, yeah, I, I got to stop there because, you know, I might just like gung you. <laughs> but I just, I appreciate you so much for coming and sharing today. Um, and I'm just mm -hmm. glad to see that you're alive you are wow, you are thriving, yeah. you are living, yeah, for me, you are role modeling for your beautiful kids who are now young adults, well, three of them. It's been real special today. So I'm, I'm just going to throw it back to you and um, 
yeah, just ask you, I mean, you've dropped so many uh, gems just right throughout the show, but just some final words to uh, close us off and, yeah. Um, yeah, I think one of the things that I've learned, like, we can, like, one, like, firstly, thank you for having me on, Lisa, like, it's, yeah, it's been awesome. Like when you reached out, I was just like, oh my gosh, she's al she's alive. <laughs> I was like, where has this girl been? Like, honestly. I was like, surely you you yeah, anyway. I'm I'm just so grateful that like you reached out. Most just to see that you're alive and now I know where you are and that you're in Japan, not wondering like where is she disappeared off to. Um yeah. Um one thing that I leave behind is just like I guess always choose to be excited always choose to be excited um like when people tell me that like something's going on i always say like i'm excited for you and i can say that with like i can say that genuinely because i just trust that god has you know like just the best in store for us like in, in regardless regardless of um how tough it looks I'm excited for the lessons. I'm excited for the breakthrough. I'm excited for the outcome. I'm excited for the learnings that we're going to get that are going to make us better. Um, and I'm excited that I'm not going to be the same person. And I'm excited for other people who I come into contact with that you won't remain the same. Nothing is going to stay the same. Um, yeah. So always just, I guess, choose to be excited. <laughs> <laughs> 